How do I move on after divorce? Welcome to the Therapy Brothers Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm Tyler. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with real recovery. Hey, Tyler, you ready to have some hard conversations? Let's do it. Let the Therapy Brothers podcast begin. How's it going, Tyler? Going good, man. It's been a couple weeks since I've seen you. Yeah, yeah, I was in Alaska. Yeah, you're living the dream, man. It looked like you caught some nice fish, too. Yeah, and, and uh, hung out with some of my best friends, and so it was awesome. Yeah, good for you, man. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm happy you had a good time. Yeah, it was good. It was good stuff. Alaska is just rejuvenating to the soul, you know. Something incredible about Alaska. <laughs> just the just the vastness and the grandeur of it all. Yeah. So, My yeah. son-in-law um grew up in Juneau. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he and he and my daughter were there over the summer. So Yeah. It's love, it's just beautiful. It's yeah. amazing. Everybody needs to go there. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't say that. Yeah, don't, no. go there. <laughs> don't, don't don't go there. <laughs> yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to live there too much, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, well. Let's let's jump in today. Um, Catherine, welcome to the show. You've been on before a long, long time ago. You're in a different position now than when you came on before. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you just? kind of give us a little bit of your story, your backstory, ask your question and we'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. um, So the divorce was final the end of February. So that was 42 years we had been married and, um, but you know, we had been separated quite a while. So this um, it's been five years now that we have been apart. Um, And I've been, you know, I run an Airbnb in my house, so I have a lot. I've met a lot of people and um, kind of excited because I have over 200 reviews now. So, um, nice job. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, so, um, you know, it's just kind of this ongoing journey of, you know, finding myself and um, navigating life alone and uh, trying to find new connections and, you know, some, um, I think it seemed like people were there for me when I was going through the whole divorce process. And then once the divorce is final, they're kind of like, okay, now it's done. Move on. Hmm. Don't talk about it. You know, it's over kind of thing. Like the support has fallen off. Yeah. And I mean, I, one good friend even told me, don't talk about it because you're just reinforcing the neural pathways in that toward, you know, in a negative way or something. So don't talk about it. Don't talk about him. Don't talk about your marriage. So you, you're, oh, go ahead, Tyler. Well, I was just going to ask if you wouldn't mind, Catherine, as much as you feel comfortable. If I remember right, the last time we visited with you was quite a while ago. It had to been at least yeah. over a year ago. And the episode that we did then, if I remember correctly, was you were kind of in this holding pattern of what do I do with my relationship? You seemed like you were kind of teetering on the edge of divorce at that point. 
Would you mind just kind of helping to fill the gaps between the last time we talked to you, how you came to the decision that it was time to move on and get a divorce, just what your process was like, and then just kind of lead us up to the current time? Um, well, we did talk about that in our last ses session with you um, about the one counselor that uh, my husband had found and, you know, he's a sex addiction therapist and he, you know, gave my husband some things to do for a month and he didn't complete them. Um, you know, now looking back, I kind of wish I would have like pushed it a little bit further and said, let's give him another chance, you know, and I don't know why, but you know, that's kind of been the pattern of just giving them more chances. Um, I think it's hard for me to um, face reality, you know, because maybe I think like we talked before and you said, um, Tyler, you know, there's a man with a good heart there. He's just really broken and full of shame and Maybe that's the part of him that I see and want to connect with, but you know, it's just not, didn't happen. Right. You know, so. how, many how many chances did you give him? Would you say? Well, I don't know. I mean, I waited four years, four years. Yeah. Okay. But didn't really give him an opportunity or ask him to move back into the house. Cause I hadn't seen anything happening you know, we weren't communicating well. There wasn't any healing going on between us. And I didn't feel like just moving in would be uh, productive. Because I'm hearing some regret there. Um, you yeah. know, even though you waited four years, there's still that regret of I should have given it a little more time. Um, and I'm wondering if that's your grief, um, where yeah. transitioning into being divorced has been really difficult. Or if you're really feeling like maybe you made the wrong decision. Oh, I think I vacillate between both of those. Hmm. You know, it's easy to look back and, you know, I'm trying to look back and look at my part and see how immature I was in the marriage and what I could have done better and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, now it's, I haven't seen him or really talked to him in a, it's been about a month and that has helped, you know, it helps if I don't see him and talk to him much, but you know, he lives nearby and our kids, you know, we have kids nearby too. So it's kind of hard to like not see him. Yeah. Um, how are the kids um, transitioning? I, I remember if I remember right, they were kind of, blaming you some and yeah yeah how, how's that going well you know I've had some good discussions with my son it's basically him um you know he I think connects to his dad and and I think they've gotten a lot closer um but the interesting thing so my daughter and her husband live up in um Montana and they were coming to visit for a week in August and I had asked um, my son if I could they were going to stay with my son and I said can I come down 
um, and hang out with you on a Sunday. And he said that, you know, his dad was going to be there and he wasn't sure he wanted me there because he didn't want a lot of drama. And the day before, my ex-husband had been here because we own this house together and he was fixing something in the house. And I said, oh, I'm going to go to a movie because I wanted to see Oppenheimer. And I said, you want to come with me? And so he said, yeah. So we went to a movie the day before and we didn't talk at all. He didn't talk to me here. Um, and so I told my son, well, we just went to a movie the day before before I don't think we're going to have any drama and then I said why don't you ask your dad how he feels about me uh coming over there and he said well he wouldn't tell me anyway hmm. so I, I I realized you know I don't think you know they don't rely on I mean I don't know what kind of relationship they have with him and you know we're navigating it I feel like I walk on eggshells with my son a little bit, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to, you know, they're going to have a second baby and I try to go over there once a week, even though it's an hour each way and um, help out her because she's going to uh, get her, her master's degree in counseling. She wants to be a therapist and, uh, so, uh, and you know, my daughter and her husband stayed with me for two nights and, um, two days and we hiked each day and went out for dinner and had a, you know, really good time together, but they don't talk about it. Is some, is some of the tension with your son making you wonder if, if it was the right decision? No. Oh. I think it's just more me and, um, you know, when you've been married this long, you kind of have to look back at your life, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, cause it was pretty much, you know, it's kind of like, well, at my age, what, you know, uh, where do I go from here? You know, Catherine, mm -hmm. what, what were your, does, reasons for the divorce in the first place you mentioned one that you gave him a bunch of chances and nothing was changing was there any other reasons emotionally or otherwise that made you kind of come to the point of making the decision you did a year ago well i i think because he wasn't nothing it, it was so stagnant maybe and i didn't see him connecting with me and that was pretty much our whole marriage was the lack of uh, emotional connection. And I didn't feel like staying married was going to accomplish anything. I mean, we could just live in that limbo forever. Um, and it didn't feel right to me. You know, it just kind of felt yucky. Like, um, and maybe it was my way of you know, making a statement that I'm not gonna just let him run my life. So, so then my question is, is that with Brandon kind of asking these questions, and of course, I think it would be natural no matter what to have all the feelings you're, you've already described and kind of the wondering and mm -hmm. 
I think it's awesome that you guys are civil enough with each other that you can go to a movie together. When you go to a movie together and you don't say a word with each other, it sounds like it's more of what the same of what you used to have, right? Yeah. So in essence, mm-hmm. what I'm hearing you say is that you have the same relationship that you had before, but now you're divorced and you're in the process of also trying to go and find new parts of your life, new connections, mm-hmm. look for the things yeah. that, that you were looking for in the first place when you decided to divorce them. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be yeah, normal. Think, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I just said, I think it'd be normal to have all the feelings that you're describing. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I'm asking the questions is because, and I think this is maybe where Brandon's going, you can clarify Brandon if you want, but is, was this a mistake that you need to go and actually rectify or is this, was it a good decision that's just part of the grieving process that you're in right now and you need to continue to try to move yourself forward instead of looking back? Um, I don't feel like it was a mistake. And, but I think I want to learn from the marriage, you know, and I, um, I don't think it's anything I could rectify. I think it's something he could rec- rectify. So, um, if I remember our last episode, um, and if, if you were to go back and listen to our last episode, I think if all of us were, uh, we'd listen to that and say, yeah, it wasn't a mistake. Um, it was, it was time and it was more than than time to move forward and mm-hmm. make this hard decision. Um, but what I wonder is about, um, you talk about moving on with parts of your life. Um, you know, you brought up your age and, and, and at this age, but what, what do you look forward to? What do you want to create? What is your vision? Um, you know, what possibilities are, are out there now for you? Well, um, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways, I really like what I, what my life is right now. I mean, I meet a lot of great people that come to my home and a lot of them are international. Um, and I love that. I love to travel. I don't feel like I have the time to travel because I work every afternoon. And so I'm kind of looking at, you know, where I can fit travel in um, and adventures. You know, I did a lot of that over the summer um, going, you know, on trips. Um, And I, I don't mind traveling alone or hiking alone. I do all of that. Um, uh, But I think, do you want to be alone, Catherine? I don't mind. I don't see, I guess it's not, I don't want to put the work into like trying to find somebody, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't think my goal is to find somebody. Okay. Um, I just would like to know how, maybe how to connect with, you know, it's kind of like I've gone back to, uh, a church I used to go to and I'm doing a woman's Bible study and a small group and, um, you know, trying to find my place of belonging. 
you know, trying to find connection. Um, but I guess, you know, my question is, you know, maybe what does the letting go and moving on look like? And, you know, uh, emotionally, maybe, you know, I mean, it's easy to go through life and do the things I like to do. Um, but then there's still the inner part of me that is trying to find its um, place of comfort. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. Um, Tyler, did you have something? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to tell a story. I, when I very first became a therapist, um, I worked for hospice and mm. <clears throat> it was a great experience. <clears throat> my first week working for hospice, I went to this, um, group, uh, it was a grief group. And so it was about eight people that came and they, they talked about, um, basically their pain around losing loved ones. And it was, a it was emotional. It was intense. Um, but something that they didn't do or that the therapist didn't do was, um, try to paint a rosy picture, um, try to fix it, try to have them overcome their pain, um, anything like that. They just sat in their pain together for like two hours. Um, and they hugged each other because they were both, because they were all feeling that pain together. Mm -hmm. um, now, why would I bring this up with you, Catherine? Well, I, I've been grieving. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to kind of go on. I mean, it's not as bad as it was, but I, it just like, maybe you never, maybe you always grieve, but maybe I'm looking for those people who would hold me in that grief. Yeah. Yeah. Gr grief is like, it, it comes in waves and the waves mm -hmm. are sometimes bigger and more intense. And sometimes they're smaller. Sometimes they're more frequent back to back to back. Sometimes they're, they're wider apart and, as you grieve, they seem to get wider, more distant apart, the waves do, and less intense over time. But the only way that that happens is through processing that energy and moving that energy. Um, and so I wonder with you if, if what you're lacking is a place where you can get some empathy, where you can process some of the pain that you're going through. Um, you know, a shoulder to cry on. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that is true. Um, I think maybe what I really just want is, you know, maybe a place to belong, mm -hmm. you know, and that, you know, who can you call in the middle of the night? Or if you, you know, I, I was in an automobile accident last November, totaled my car. And, you know, we were still married at that point, but he was the one I called. Mm -hmm. And partly because, you know, we had insurance together and he, you know, he came to my house and uh, helped me for a couple days. I mean, I was in the hospital overnight and broke my sternum so I couldn't like 
get in and out of bed <laughs> alone. And, but he, you know, was just, you know, I, and I think he'll always be there, I think, to help me, which is, I don't know. I, but, but, don't, but, but Catherine, think about it. Like yeah. one of the main reasons why you divorced him is because of a lack of emotional connection. Yeah. And then you're saying he is kind of the, the best main support that you have in your life, you know, and, but you're saying to us, I have all these emotions and all this grief that I don't know what to do with it, but then he's my main support. Um, do you see how, how this is going to be hard for you to, to process through some of this stuff? Well, he's not an emotional support. Right. At all. I, want, um, I wonder though if that where Brandon's going with that because that, that's been on my mind a little bit too, Catherine. Is yeah. that, as I hear it in you, like actually a lot of very good things that you're already doing. First, is mm -hmm. you went and sought some support through your Bible study, through your church. You you're getting a little bit of connection through these people that you have coming and staying in your home, which is kind of a fun thing. It's own sort of adventure. You've gone and sought out your own sense of adventure. You're doing a lot of good things to try to like take care of yourself and move on. And you still have 43 years of grieving to do, which I think we've all agreed on is happening and it's coming in waves. And you said it's getting less and less, but it's still there. There's this other side, which is this human part of us. It's part of the human condition that we can try to piece it together and we need to given our circumstances the best way we can, but there's always gonna be this ache inside for that person. Mm -hmm. For, yeah. for the for the connection, the deeper level of connection. And mm -hmm. that that void is is there and it's probably going to be there for a while, partly because you said you're pretty comfortable not pursuing it right now. But it doesn't mean there's not that void there. Right. Mm -hmm. The other thing that that's happening is, is that you still have the friendship with him that's been there for 43 years, which is a testament to both of you guys. When you go through a divorce, that doesn't happen all the time. But if but I think where Brandon's going is, is it's kind of puts you in a rock and a hard spot that if part of the moving on and moving through things is with grief, you come to a point of accepting the losses that are there eventually. If he's there always opening up that grieving process again, that's going to make this, the process longer and harder. And it might also eventually be a block towards that other void that you eventually may want to try to fill in having your person having, having actually that other kind of connection that right now you're not ready to pursue, but eventually you might be, um, that's going to make it a little bit sticky. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're saying, right, Brennan? Yeah. Um, you know, if we've identified that there's, there's grief here and your question is, is how do I move on from this? And, and ultimately if you look at the stages of grief, um, you know, you don't want to have a goal. There's not an end goal to grief. It kind of bounces back and around and you'll be angry. You'll be depressed. You'll be, you know, bargaining your way out of this. You'll find acceptance. Um, but as time goes on and these waves come and they're more distant, you want to find yourself more in a state of acceptance. And, you know, your question is, is how, how do I move on from this grief? And, we've identified that you need, you need to process it. You need to talk to someone, you need to cry. You need to feel these emotions. Um, but Catherine, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. So, 
I really like what you said about I'm going to a Bible study group. I'm getting involved with things. I'm, I'm connecting to people through my work with the Airbnb. Like those, those are all good things. Um, I would really be deliberate with, I don't know if there's some family members that you maybe haven't been that close to that you could be um, to kind of fire up some of those relationships. Um, you know, at church to like really try to become better friends with some people so that you can get support there. Find a really good therapist who can listen. And maybe you just tell that therapist, like, I just need someone to listen as I talk about the struggles I'm having with my son and with my ex and just like, you know, the pain that I'm in. Um, you're, you know, there's, there's opportunity for expression and for somebody to hold that energy and emotion for you. Um, but it's gonna, it's gonna take you continuing to do what you're doing in a lot of ways, but continuing to try to find that support somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm doing that. I, I did a healing care group a while back and the woman who does that, you know, she does healing prayer. Uh, she, I've been meeting with her. I'm going to meet with her. Um, I've been meeting with her every other week. And then we talk and do some healing prayer and ask God to, you know, show up and what is he going to say to me kind of thing. But I said to her, I would at this point feel devastated if he, my ex, you know, had a girlfriend or got remarried like that. Mm -hmm at this point and she's like why yeah. like he didn't connect with you and he probably wouldn't connect with somebody else why do you feel that way and i wrote that you know i struggle with that you know i'm like well he committed to me like <laughs> and um but but you're divorced i know and that's the reality <laughs> yeah i know yeah it makes me think but, it, make, it makes me think of like the uh the byron katie's work the the work with byron katie and then there's a book called loving what is you've probably read it before but she says that when we have these things come up in our life our work is not done until we work to a place where we can say i look forward to so instead of i can't stand the thought mm -hmm. that he'd be married again you you've worked yourself in your grieving process and your own personal process to a point where you can say i look forward to the day when he finds new companionship Really? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, that's, and, and all that and all that really means that there is is that you're on the show for the right reasons because that's the process that you're in right now. Like yeah. you're still growing, you're still learning, you're still hurting, you're still going through some of these things, and and eventually you're going to come to a place because of the person that you are that you're going to want goodness for him as much as it is for you, mm. um, and. And if that's the way that it goes, because you're divorced and you've moved on and you, you're, you've got a new life that you can embrace and that you love, you'll more and more come to this place. <laughs> I, I know you're not there right now. Um, I, I do want to say, Catherine, just that I wish we could take a snapshot between just your body countenance of today's conversation versus the last time we talked. Last time we talked, you were your face muscles were so much tighter. Everything was sh kind of shrunken in and tight, and you just look so much more grounded. 
and, and peaceful on this call than the last time we talked. So there's there's some work happening there. You're just not at the point yet where you can say, I, I look forward to him getting remarried. Yeah, just you saying that, it's like, <laughs> like this, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I just listened to the uh, audio book, The Secret Life of Bees, and uh, it was such a good book, but she says like, my chest hurts so much from the sadness, you know, like, you know, and, and it's not as bad as it was, but you know, I guess I just, you saying that, yeah, I'm not there, you know, that, um, and I'm, I'm not sure why I don't feel like it's my worth. I think maybe it's something God puts in us because I've talked to a lot of other people who, have divorced and remarried. And even though they love the person they're with, they still kind of look back and go, I wish I would have kept our family together. There's still, I think God puts that, you know, we connect with, we attach to a person and we're meant to attach and you pull that attachment apart and it's just not natural. Right. And well, after you, did you say 42 years? Yeah. After 42 years and you've been divorced since November, you say, like last uh, year? End of February. And End of February, right. But so We didn't live together for, you know, four but, and a half but, years. But still, yeah. the divorce just happened end of yeah. February. So give yourself some time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, I think it's where you're at right now. Kind of, You're kind of in this bargaining stage. And what that means is you're a little bit ambivalent. You're, you're kind of mm -hmm. like, well, I know divorce was the right thing, but was it like, it sure would have been nice to keep the family together, but yeah, I'm glad I divorced him. But you know, mm -hmm. like, so, so mm -hmm. give yourself some time. You're right where you need to be, Catherine, that I, I hate to give you this answer, but, um, you know, we, you, as long as you're willing to continue to step in and deal with the pain, mm -hmm. um, you'll move forward and you'll move out of this. But mm -hmm. I, I don't think you can't snap your fingers and be like, hey, like after 40, 42 years, like, OK, I'm just mm -hmm. not going to think about that. Move on mm -hmm. with my life like la di da. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so so give yourself some compassion and some real some love for the cur courageous thing that you just did. Um, mm -hmm. And as the pain comes up, just feel the pain. Allow yourself to cry. Um, allow yourself to talk about it to be in it. Don't should yourself out of it and say, no, I shouldn't have those feelings of, you know, wanting to go back into the marriage or you have them. They're there. That's the reality. That's okay. Right. Um, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it sounds good. I, I mean, it's like, that sounds like the right plan, but like doing it, and the reality of it's kind of different. I mean, like it's easy to say, you know, just feel it. Um, and then you're feeling it and then you're like, okay, now what? It's, <laughs> it's easy to say, just sit in the pain, but, but the pain's not fun. So like, yeah, it's easy to say, just sit in the pain, um, but the pain sucks and it's mm -hmm. hard. Um, I, you know, having gone to Alaska recently, one of my friends in Alaska years ago, 
um, got a halibut hook stuck in their hand. Ew. Have you ever seen a halibut hook? They're like big, thick Ew. hooks. Ew. Like it's it's more intense than just like a little little trout hook or something. <laughs> and uh, I think about that analogy a lot of like getting that hook out um, is was very difficult. They had to push the hook Ew. through the other side. Um, so if, if my friend just left the hook in his hand because he didn't want to push it out, mm -hmm. um, you know, like then, then infection would, would happen mm -hmm. and it would start to affect every part of him. And a lot of times that's what we choose when there's something that we know we need to do, but it's too painful to do it. We let infection set in mm -hmm. and you, you know what, Catherine, you stepped up and you pushed the hook through, you got divorced. Like ouch that hurt you did it mm -hmm. you cut that barb off you got that hook out of there but now you mm -hmm. got a now you got a big gaping hole in your hand so at yeah. least at least the infection's not there but self-care needs to happen mm -hmm. in order to heal that that wound mm -hmm. that's still there and so as you as you look at that wound it's like okay how do i attend to this mm -hmm. in a healthy way i can't snap my fingers and all of the pain is gone it's still there but now I want to attend to myself, do my own self-care, allow mm -hmm. myself to heal in, in, in every way that I can. So. That's a really good picture. Maybe when that's hurting, I can look at my hand and think about that. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I, some of my friends, you know, they're friends I've had since college and, you know, now their husbands are, uh, retired or semi-retired and they're traveling around visiting their kids and their grandkids and spending time with their grandkids and their family and they're together, you know, and, you know, I think that's part of my sadness too, is that's what I, I wanted. I wanted us to be traveling and seeing our, playing with our grandkids together, you know, and not that I can't do that alone and I do, but, you know, it just, again, I guess I, have to say that's one of the losses, you know. Absolutely, but, Catherine. I, yeah. I I love where Brandon's going with you, and you said sit in the pain, and I was I was going to add to that for the sake of letting yourself move through the pain. It's not just sit there and wallow in it. It's that's yeah. how we do it. It's like you know you watch a child play throughout the day, and they go from being really really happy something happens and they cry as hard as you've seen anyone ever cry and then five minutes later they're back to being content and happy again and it's like they have that natural capability of just letting their emotions move and that's where we as adults get in the way sometimes is we notice and i like what the word you use brown attend to the wound we attend to the wound but but at the end of the day, we're going to let things move. And so allowing ourselves to cry, allowing ourselves to be angry, doing some journaling, mm -hmm. using the forces of nature, you know, water and fire and things that allow for that movement to happen is going to be, you're going to have a hundred different iterations of the same feelings of sadness and loss and all of that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But allowing that to happen is important. I maybe suggest, Catherine, mm -hmm. too, that you brought this up. I know we're getting close on time, but so much of this is what we call ambiguous loss, which is yeah. that you, you don't have a way to put your finger on everything until all of a sudden it crops mm -hmm. up and your friends are like, yeah, we're visiting our grandkids. And you're like, oh, that's part of my loss too. Or, you know, maybe there's a different thing that happens. And you're like, oh, I, 
that's another thing. Give those things credence. And, and you might even do a little exercise for yourself where you list out all the different areas of your life, mm. physical, emotional, spiritual, social, educational, whatever you want. And, and then actually sit with each one of those categories and take some time to just put things down in each category when those losses come up and when they accumulate so that you can see them in front of you and let, and give them a voice and let them, let them be seen. Does that make sense? Um, because, yeah. because they're going to cry out until they're seen, until they're processed, until mm -hmm. they're validated. Yeah, that's, that's good. I, I will do that. I appreciate that um, suggestion. And I think it's like when that wave comes, you think, Oh, I thought I, I guess it's easy to like look at that I'm not really healing because it keeps coming back, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like if it keeps coming back, then maybe I haven't dealt with it. Why does it keep, you know, that's. Yeah. Um, and that's why I say it's more of a repetition, rinse and repeat kind of process oriented thing than it is. Okay, we're in bargaining, then we're going to go through anger, then we're going to go through sadness, and then we'll be in acceptance, and then I'll be really happy when he finds a new wife. Like, no, it's like, if whatever is there is just another iteration of my ability to just allow it to process. I'm just allowing it to move. That's all I'm doing. If it comes okay. back, that's okay. You're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. So what was the Byron Katie book? Loving What Is. Oh, Loving What Is. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I keep, keep thinking of that, what they say in 12 step groups about, you know, living life on life's terms, and, you know, because um, we want to make up our own terms many times. Right. Yeah. People, people love the Byron Katie book and people hate it. Um, <laughs> it if you're not, if you're not ready for it. Uh -huh. um, it kind of really just down to the bare bones of personal accountability for what you mm -hmm. want in your life yeah. yeah, and what you can create and how you can work through hard mm -hmm. things and how you can change your thinking mm -hmm. and change your, the way you feel. If you're, if you, if, if you're in a state of grief and you want to stay in a certain state of grief, um, you know, reading those words and getting those tools is kind of like, it, it's not fun. Um, but it's, I love that book. It's mm -hmm. it's awesome. Uh, the principles in it are amazing. Um, it doesn't walk you through grief so much. It walks you through um, how to change your perspective and and shift your thinking so that you can feel differently. So like yeah. Tyler was doing this with you some earlier, you know, when he was talking about celebrating him dating somebody. Um, or you shifting your thoughts around, you know what, like my friends are going out with their spouses and they're, you know, going to these events and this and that. How can you shift your thoughts to, to, to be so happy that you're single, that you, you, you know, you get to do this on your own and you get more freedom and like, this is awesome. This is great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we won't um, recap the whole book here, but it could, I do think it could be a, a good book for you right now. Yeah. I think that's, I guess I'm kind of in this, like, trying to put a label on my marriage so that I can say this is what it was and and put it in a box somewhere, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
you know, if I can just label it and it's over here and that's that. Um, was, was it a successful learning experience for you? Well, maybe that's what I'm doing right now, trying to learn what I wasn't aware of at the time. Right. It absolutely yep. offers that. You you absolutely have that opportunity, no matter what. So, um, Catherine, I actually think you're on the right path. You know, and I you said something. I I think it might be years where you still have that hole in your heart a little bit, where you go, "How oh, did I yeah. make the right decision?" Because that's what everybody thinks. And yeah. you're going to have to bring yourself back around to ask, answering that question for yourself with the reasons why you did it in the first place, and asking if things had changed. And, yeah, um, and I think, yeah, you're, you're on the right track for sure. Like I said, I can already see it in your own countenance. You're, you're just a few months out from actually finalizing the divorce yeah. and you're, you're more Brandon, like Brandon said, I think you're right where you should. Yeah. You're right with the whole, the hole in my heart that, you know, that there's just a, I don't know what the word is, a, a void. Mm -hmm. Catherine, I, I appreciate you coming on and being vulnerable yeah. about it. Um, yeah. I definitely, as you've been talking, have been like, it's been very apparent that you're grieving. Um, and mm -hmm. again, like I said to you before, that's okay that you're grieving. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I, I want you to just be okay with that. There's a big part of me that wants to tell you it's all going to be okay. Um, <laughs> And I guess in a way I just said that to you, but there's a, a more important part of me that wants to say to you, um, good for you for being right where you're at. And that's okay. Right. Well, with, with that. And this is, this is part of my healing is to be seen and heard. Right. And that's what you're offering. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you for offering yourself today, Catherine, for so many others as well. It takes courage to do what you just did today. And we, we acknowledge that. And you're going to continue to meet your life with courage because that's the kind of person that you are. So, so thank you, Catherine. Yeah. All right, you guys, if you found this helpful or really appreciated Catherine coming on and being vulnerable, then please leave a review and say thank you to, to Catherine and Catherine, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yep, we'll see you.